0: and welcome to episode one of Life with Catherine. I am Catherine and I live in a suburb of Vancouver, Canada called Surrey and uh, I'm sitting here in my kitchen with a lovely cup of tea and thinking about what I want to say for the first podcast. What I really wanted to do was um, have a place to showcase the stories of some amazing people that I've met that I know and that I will come to know in the future, and I really wanted to have a place to showcase stories about kindness and positivity and amazing legacy stories about my family or friends and acquaintances, and uh, it's been really an exciting adventure. I've learned a lot about the actual technical side of podcasting, as well as audio mixing and uh, website design, all kinds of stuff. And uh, I'm really excited about this new adventure and success or failure. Both are kind of okay with me right now. I really just want to have a platform to Really appreciate those around me and give them a chance to have a voice. I always say if I entered any kind of singing contest, I would end up spending all my time helping everyone else get to number one and I'd be okay being number four or five or after that. I really just want to help those around me and lift them up. So that's kind of where I'm starting from with this podcast. Thank you. A big thank you to those who've said yes to help me out as to start uh, without any framework of what uh, hearing what my style is or anything those who've uh, stepped up to the plate that's really great and also to those who've said no because they've said no in a very kind way and uh, it's been an interesting really important learning experience and those are going to happen along the way and also ones who've said yes but later and and maybes and all kinds of stuff that's a really important growth and learning lesson. So uh, I'm really excited about the first few that I have for you. My very first episode is with my dad, Jim, Jim Kazurik, and he is a plumber, was a plumber, he's a retired plumber, and he also was an alderman for the city of Duncan on Vancouver Island. And he had four daughters, including me. And uh, it's a story about some experiences he had on city council, and the, some of the things that he was the most proud of, and the stories behind the headlines of things that I'm sure made the paper at the time, but, but how things actually came about. Uh, you'll hear another voice in the in this behind the scenes, which is my uh, stepmother... Linda, so you'll <laughs> hear her voice. And uh, so, thank you to Linda for chiming in a few times. And uh, so, without further ado, here it is, episode one.
1: What's the, uh, what's the object in this?
0: Okay. Oh. Welcome to Life with Catherine. This is Catherine. We're going to be interviewing my dad today. Uh, say hi, Jim.
1: I, hi, Catherine. <laughs>
0: So what we're going to be talking about today is um, my dad was a plumber and a city councillor for the city of Duncan on Vancouver Island and I'm going to ask him to talk about uh, City Hall, how uh, the hockey stick came to be and I'm hoping he'll talk about the Rick Handsome totem pole. You told us you had nothing to do with the hockey stick. Linda, I'm recording.
1: (laughs) okay
0: and then also uh, just how the city of totems came to be okay so some of it is your part in it and some of it is also just the history so those three things and then if you want to end with a story about yourself you did say something about how much you liked baking as a kid so something like that that's personal but not too personal so go for it go for it Jim
1: okay Back in uh, February of 1985, I was successful in being elected for an alderman for the city of Duncan. Back in those days, we were called aldermen instead of councilors. Shortly after I was appointed there, the mayor, the current mayor, asked me if he, if I would sit on the totem committee with him and one other councilor to uh, start to Make a theme for the city of Duncan, so I accepted, and I can honestly say I thoroughly enjoyed that program. We started off with having twelve totem poles carved, and all the lo- all by local carvers. In the beginning, I felt it was helping our Aboriginal members a uh, feeling of belonging to the city of Duncan.
0: That's the Salish uh, Native community, right? That's
1: that's very true.
0: Okay. It's a Cowichan tribe. Cowichan tribe. No, truck. Salish is Haida Gwaii. Okay, thank oh, you.
1: Right. Okay. Thanks. Anyway, Thanks. Uh, we managed to get 12 totems, all carved at the same, roughly the same time. And before that, we had a Ford dealership that was moving to a different location. So we asked, before they moved, if we could have an opening ceremony there with all the totems, lo- all in one location, in an ARC. And they accepted, and the following week, naturally, they started to move their cars into the dealership on the corner of Coronation and the Trans-Canada Highway. To, to commemorate this particular occasion, we had a bunch of local artists to do the carving and then we had a person that's an artist make a uh, canvas of the totems to put on display. In the process of making this canvas, if you remember or if you see ever see a photo of it, there was 12 totems in a circle and up on the top there was a an eagle. The story about the eagle on the totem pole or, or on the totem picture was the carver had made a mistake and tore the canvas. <laughs> in order to repair it, he had to patch it and there was a hole in it. So he decided he would put an eagle look over the hole.
0: Wow. So the eagle
1: became part of the totem commemorating ceremony. In May of 1987, I was appointed to go to Coquitlam to welcome the arrival of Rick Hansen, Man in Motion, as he was completing his world tour. I was privileged to have been on the stage at the same time as he rolled into Coquitlam Center.
0: We were there too, right, us kids?
1: And your mother wasn't there. Uh huh because she went to the ceremony in the uh, stadium
0: oh.
1: in Vancouver. Okay. So anyway, I had the privilege of being there, and it was an awesome feeling building up the momentum as he wheeled into the uh, Coquitlam Center, which is where he started his journey from originally. Because he was from Coquitlam. While well, on, on that particular weekend, I happened to uh, run across one of my relatives who worked for Macmillan and Bloedel, and I asked him at that time, because we were coming, becoming Duncan, the city of totems, if he could find us a large diameter cedar pole. That we could use to uh, appoint or uh, get involved with the Guinness Book of Records. About six months later, we had a phone call at City Hall one afternoon and said a truck would be arriving with this totem or with this cedar log for us. And I didn't know it at the time, but it got to the city of Duncan and they dropped it off in the yard. The totem pole itself, we applied to uh, the Guinness Book of Records and they told us that they would not allow the world's widest totem pole in the book for the simple reason, in order to do that, they had to be there when the tree was still standing. They had to watch it being loaded on the truck and delivered to city hall and then carved. So we didn't qualify on any of those. Anyway, we still believe we had the world's largest totem pole. The actual height of the pole itself was 24 feet. The diameter at the base was 74 inches. And that's humongous. Yeah. Anyway, at that time we worked on locating a carver that we felt would be qualified to carve these. this pole. And we approached Richard Hunt, who lived up island at Port Hardy at that time. And he was world famous in the Victorian Museum of Nature's Art. So we approached him and he came down and looked at it and decided, yes, he could do that, but he wanted to upend it so that the big part was at the top and the small part was at the bottom to make it look even more humongous. He did the carving for us on time and on budget. and At that time, we had the unveiling of the uh, largest pole and Macmillan Botel representatives from Vancouver Island and my cousin from over on the mainland arrived for the opening ceremonies and started this. Shortly after that, I was appointed chairman of the totem committee, not just part of the committee, but the chair. And we decided that we had quite a few couch and totems, We wanted to have something a little bit different and still be history. So we carved, with his permission, we carved a totem pole with Rick Hansen sitting in his wheelchair, holding the globe in his arms, uplifted.
0: Wow.
1: When we had the opening ceremonies for the unveiling of that particular pole, Rick Hansen was not available to come. But he sent his sister, Christine Hansen, to be here as his representative. I had the privilege of getting to know Christine a little bit better, took her out for lunch, and uh, we talked about Rick and about the poll and what it meant to Duncan. And she was an amazing girl. I I thought, boy, she just takes after her brother because he was an amazing person anyway.
0: (laughs) That's the end of part one. Please go to part two to hear more from Jim Kazurik. Thank you. Welcome to Life with Catherine, episode one with my dad Jim, part two.
1: Anyway, we moved on, and that was how we got appointed into the Guinness, potential Guinness Book of Records, but didn't make it, but we had Rick Hansen instead. I thought that it was an honor to have been still on the Totem Committee, and it was one of the things that was closest to my heart, being the fact that I was born and raised in Duncan and had a lot of Couch and native friends. Yeah. So that's a story of how I became involved in the totems involving the city of Duncan, Macmillan of Lodell, and Richard Hunt and Christine Hansen.
0: I was reading online that there's around 80 totem poles now around town.
1: That's very much possible. There's quite a few. When we did the original program we asked all the Aboriginal people that did a carving to make a miniature pole 12 to 18 inches tall that we could put on display in city hall and use for traveling. And in order to do that, they had to carve the original pole and then they would only get their final paycheck for the carving when they presented the miniature pole. And to this day, there's a phenomenal amount of polls, and it's just awesome to have been involved in that whole program.
0: Wow. That must have been so exciting.
1: Yes, it was. That was one of the many highlights I had in my life. Uh, I've got a few others, but we can deal (laughs) with them at a different time. Me,
0: I'm the highlight. (laughs)
1: I also learned how to public speak a certain amount because I had to make speeches at all these particular events. And by doing it quite often, you get used to being in front of public. And probably the biggest crowd I had was in a couple of different occasions on different events that happened, which we can talk about at a later date. Yeah, One being my trip to Africa and the other being Involved in the opening ceremonies for the sportsplex in Duncan. And both of those had thousands of people and I was up speaking. (laughs) Whether you're speaking to one person or a hundred people or a thousand is very little difference once you get used to speaking. If you forget something and you miss it and you carry on, nobody knows what you're going to say anyway. So (laughs) they don't know that you missed something. And that built up the confidence I have in being able to get up and speak. And uh, just, I often wrote out my speech and handed it to the person afterwards so they would have a copy of what I generally said. And it wasn't word for word because I didn't read my speeches. I just said, this is what I'm gonna talk about. I'd make a list of 10 or 12 particular highlights and I would elaborate them on as I went along. So that's the story of the totems in Duncan and how I got involved and how thrilled I was that I was part of the making of history in Duncan.
0: No joke. That's wonderful. Thank you for telling me. And now what about the hockey stick, which was, I believe, originally made for Expo 86?
1: That's correct. The hockey stick was at the Expo 86 when we were there. And when it came time to dismantle the Expo 86, they put up saying who would like to take the hockey stick. And I believe Penticton and Duncan were the two main draws. And we had to decide whether we would like to do it and where it would go and make a presentation.
0: So the city did that?
1: No, this has nothing to do with the city. Oh, The city and North Cowichan, along with the Cowichan Valley Regional District, own and control the center, the community center. It is totally maintained by the community center. Mm -hmm. And the only way the community center would accept having it put up in there was that if the local businesses would guarantee for 20 years, they would see that they get up at their expense and change all the lights to keep it lit up. So that had nothing to do with the city, it had ah. nothing to do with us. It was the business people in the community that got together and put it together and the CBRD made the application.
0: Ah, and it wasn't really uh, an expensive purchase from the actual purchase. It was the moving it costs and the disassembling.
1: That's part of it. It was made in three pieces. And they took it apart and brought it here and put it back together and had cranes raise it up. It now is on the ice rink side of the community center. You can see it from the Trans-Canada Highway. You can even see it from my house if I'm standing <laughs> upstairs. It's huge.
0: Yes, I'm going to find the details of exactly how big and I'll, uh, I'll post it on the site. Okay. that That's a totally fun thing. Like There's so many interesting yeah. things in Duncan.
1: It just shows that if the community wants something bad enough, it is available to them. Mm -hmm. They have put their heart into it. They have to agree to coordinate and look after under the circumstances that were presented. And they did that with open arms.
0: Wow. Man. And now would you tell us just uh, something about when you were young? You were saying something about when you were eight or nine, you loved to bake, or was it a chore that you had to do so you felt like you should like it? (laughs) Because you had 10 brothers and sisters.
1: I, I probably would like to cut it off at this stage. Okay. And we'll move on to a few different items. That can be one of them at the next stage of our conversation.
0: Fun.
1: Still got... The African trip to talk about. We've got the uh, couch and sportplex to talk about. And we can incorporate my growing up into one of those two topics.
0: Perfect. So this conversation is to be continued in the future.
1: Yes, that is very well put.
0: Thank you, Dad, for your time today. This is so exciting to learn about the legacy and history and the importance of being part of your community and the changes and effect you can have on it.
1: Exactly. All right. Good luck.
0: We're going to sign off now. Love you. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm.